Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. Tonight we have an amazing band coming on. It is a pale horse named Death, and we are going to be having the lead singer and songwriter Sal Abruscato joining us shortly. Uh, before I bring him on, I just want to tell everyone about the concept of my show, especially if you're new tonight and tuning in for the first time. And also, please be aware that all of my shows are available as podcasts, so if you cannot listen to the live interview, you can always go to my uh, station and check out any of my previous interviews as they're available to be streamed or downloaded. So before I bring him on, I just want to let everyone know, uh, I launched the show back in April of this year, and I've always had a passion for interviewing people. I have a um, strong psychology background. I have my doctorate degree in clinical psychology, and I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. And my other passion is um, the entertainment industry. Um, I'm also a singer-songwriter, and I have an album out as a solo artist, as well as I enjoy writing for magazines on psychology and the entertainment industry. And the show was really uh, developed to support people, because um, I personally know how difficult it is. I manage everything that I do on my own. And with the way the industry has changed today, especially with music and, and the way people are promoting themselves, um, I really want this show as a forum to bring people on that are doing creative things, uh, whether it's musicians, um, bands, comedians, filmmakers. I've had a whole host of various persons in the entertainment industry on my show, um, everyone from really well-renowned people, such as a pale horse named Death Tonight. This is an amazing band, and these guys have done some really great work, and they've worked with so many major acts, and it's, it's really going to be a pleasure to have them on, as well as people who are you know, just up and coming in the entertainment industry. So that's basically the concept of the show. So on my show, people are going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like and the experiences they've encountered, as well as what it's like to be in their profession. And a couple of concepts to just uh, kindly keep in mind is that although I am a clinical psychologist, the show is not meant by any means to be providing any type of formal therapy or treatment. Um, we will occasionally throw around some psychological concepts or if people have questions, I will answer them the best that I can, but it will be in more of a general framework rather than uh, personally answering them towards the specific person. Um, I do want to keep my two professions separate. I'm, I'm not a pop psychologist. I'm not the Dr. Phil, although, again, I, I love that stuff and I think it's very entertaining. Um, that's not how I present myself. Um, and also, I do want my guests to feel very free to share any intriguing, exciting, or controversial stories but I do also kindly ask that they keep any specific identifying information, uh, such as names of people or organizations, if they are telling a humiliating or embarrassing story, um, anonymous, just because the show, again, isn't meant to embarrass people, but I do want my guests to feel uh, that they can be real and talk about what they'd like. So if you're just tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And you can also join us in the chat room. Again, I'm a, I'm a one-person show here, so I'll do my best to go back and forth if people have questions in the chat room. But you could also call in tonight to ask Sal any questions you have by dialing 805-243-1320. At the end of the show, I'll also give some information about how you can become a guest. Um, so again, if you are just tuning in, please create a account in the chat room on blogtalkradio.com, or as I said, you can call in at... 805-243-1320. All right, so let me tell you, uh, give you some background information on who 
a pale horse named Death Is, and I definitely have to ask Sal about the name of the band because I love it. It's very intriguing. It's it's unique and different, and it definitely uh, captured my attention when I first heard them. So, a pale horse named Death is the brainchild of uh, Brooklyn, New York native Sal Abruscato, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, I personally feel I've listened to the album. It's an awesome album. I mean, from the production to the songwriting to the mix, it's just top-notch. Um, I personally feel the band really has an original, unique sound. Um, but, you know, people could definitely hear some of their influences, which include uh, Alice in Chains and Typo Negative. And uh, Sal's partner in crime, as he likes to describe it in their bio, is uh, Matt Brown. And Matt Brown is the engineer extraordinaire and the guitarist of fellow New York band Seventh of Void, which I'm sure many people have heard of. So it's really through this strong collaboration that Sal hooked up with uh, Matt to form A Pale Horse Named Death. And um, I'm really interested in asking Sal tonight, too, about in the bio, they talk about how the music really is an extension of their, their friendship and their passion of creativity and how it helped, um, I'm assuming, Sal bring some closure to some rough times when they when they developed this new project. Um, you'll also hear tonight about the artwork of the album. If people haven't checked it out, please go to a apalehorsenameddeath.com. And that was done by Sam Sheeran. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, and he did some amazing work for them. He's previously worked for Rob Zombie, Fear Factory, Cradle of Filth, to name a few people that he's uh, done some artwork for. So you'll definitely see that when you pick up a copy of their album. And to top the lineup off, they have some other amazing people that uh, are working with the band. Um, Bobby Hamble from Biohazard also plays live with the band and um, was also featured on some of the tracks on the album. And including in the lineup, too, is we have uh, 7th Boy drummer Johnny Kelly behind the kit, Eric Morgan on bass, and their newest member, who we will talk about tonight, too, as I personally know uh, Eddie Heedles, and I've supported him over the years in the various bands he's been in, who is the new guitarist that they uh, recently brought on board. So, okay, I'm getting a little too wordy here. So, anyway, we are going to bring them on. I uh, everyone needs to check out their album. Go to A Pale Horse Named Death. It is titled And Hell Will Follow Me. You're going to hear some music off their album tonight. And also be sure to check out some of their upcoming shows this weekend, Friday, December 9th at Webster Hall in New York City, and Saturday, December 10th at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey. So let's bring Sal on. Hello. Hey, Sal. Hey, how are you? Hey. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? I was uh I called in at eight and I, I didn't know what to do. I was just listening <laughs> to you and and I was saying hello, can you hear me? And oh, I didn't no. know when this was gonna <laughs> when it was gonna go down. I was like, Well she'll eventually I guess she knows I'm there. <laughs> That's pretty cool though. How are you? Good, how are you? Yes, I saw you there. I apologize for any uh any confusion, but I guess have you ever done any um interviews with people that have Block Talk Radio? Stations or no? No, no. This okay. is the okay. first one. Okay. New experience. Cool. So well, new experience, and and now you'll know how it works in the event that you do another one in the future. <laughs> yep. So cool. So welcome tonight. It's a pleasure to have you on. And also, I wanted to also um, kindly thank John Friedman, who uh, brought us together to have this interview tonight, and definitely give him a plug. So everyone, check out John Friedman Productions. And are, is he, um, like, publicity for you guys or the manager of the band? No, he's publicity. He he works okay. for SPV Records. 
So okay. Okay. He, gotcha. he, yeah, he sets up interviews and press and stuff for the band. Cool, cool. So he's yes, a real I cool guy and he's to... been very, very helpful and he's a good egg. Nice. Yeah, no, he's been great. He's been great. He's very professional. And, yeah, again, I wanted to just give him a plug because it was really cool, you know, setting everything up with him to get you guys on the show. So, um, yeah, so there's so many things I want to ask you. And, again, feel free to, you know, interject and please, you know, bring to the table whatever you want to talk about to promote the band tonight. Um, But I thought it would be interesting to start off, and I'll ask you in a few minutes, I always usually ask people about the background and how the band came together and, you know, how you started out as a musician. But I thought the name of the band really captured my attention, at least. And I wanted to know, how did you come up with this name? Uh, What is the symbolism or meaning behind it to start out the interview? Uh, Well, it basically, like, hit me over the head like a hammer. It was back in January of 2009 when I was starting to plan to do something totally different in what you call my career. Uh, okay. So I was watching History Channel, and they were talking about um, revelations, you know, the apocalypse, the end of the world, mm-hmm. the Bible, the you know, the four horsemen. And I've, I've always been uh, a dark-natured person, and I've always been, you know, fascinated by this stuff. That's why I stopped and I was watching it. And they were talking okay. about how, you know, death rode a pale horse. And I'm just, you know, just, chilling, watching the program, and when they were talking about death and the four horsemen, and it just, I just jumbled up the words in my head, I just was like, ah, you know, a pale horse named death, and I just was, didn't even, wasn't even looking to come up with a name, it it just, I just rambled it off in my brain, and it hit me, and I was like, that's it, that's it, (laughs) that's going to be the the name of what describes this misery of, you know, of what we call, you know, life at times, you know, when we're pretty down and out. Um, So I knew from that moment that was the name, and at the same time I had made a a conscious decision at that time to, I wanted to do a record. I was very frustrated. Um, You know, Life of Agony worked less and less and less and less. We couldn't ever agree on a musical direction, and writing was a real it was really difficult, and okay. I felt I needed to break away and do what's in my head and get it out. And at the same time, being frustrated with dealing with the process of looking for singers, I've always been kind of like a in the closet kind of, you know. Uh, yeah, and I wanted to definitely ask you about that because, again, I read it, you know, as much as I could find on you, but I thought it was really interesting that you, I guess you mainly started playing drums, right? Was that what you were primarily doing in the previous bands? Yeah, in the other bands I was playing drums, but I I started playing guitar back in like 1990, just always fooling around, and you know okay. every now and then I submitted you know music and stuff, um, but never really you know sang or you know you know I've done backing vocals on albums before, but nothing you know elaborate, just you know. Grunts and growls or whatever, but uh, (laughs) I always was in the. I was always in like an in the closet, really shy, fear of rejection kind of uh, situation where I was like, I'd love to like, you know, I always, you know, I was always working on my ear, and I was always singing melodies in my head, and I just, you know, I felt finally after. I mean, I kind of wanted to do something like this for like ten years. Wow! And finally, the timing of it was right. 
and the maturity of of myself as a musician was I felt was the right time and I said so let, what me, do you, let me go for it. No, that's great. That's a really interesting thing you bring up cuz like you said you were mainly behind the kit and you describe yourself as being shy. So I guess what oh, yeah. in your life clicks? What clicks with you that you say, you know what? That's it. it it's time for me to get out there and and be in the forefront and get over this fear. So what do you think happened personally in your life that led you to be able to do that? To, you know, want to take control of the direction of my musical career. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to fade out. I wanted at least if I was if I was going to ever do something for the last time, then I wanted to do something that was 100% mine and right. my expression musically. And the way I wrote the album, I wrote the songs for myself first. And okay. when we recorded the album, we recorded the album without the attitude of, well, this is going to get signed and this is going to make it and right. this is going to be, this is going to be it, guys. You know, we we didn't have any of that. And sometimes when you have no hope and you don't call for anything and you don't look for it, yep. it kind of comes to you then. Maybe I don't know. The universe works in funny ways, and. You know, we did it uncontrived, and we took our time, you know, doing the record. Nice. We took a long time doing it, uh, from like November of 2009 to June of 2010, and that was the re-recording of the record because I recorded all the songs myself first before even showing them to Matt, and then he oh, produced wow. and we took it to the next level. So uh, there, you know, all arrangements were done, and then we just started in June, uh, in November of 2009, re-recording everything with the right tones, and with bigger production, of course. Right. And we finished in June of 2010, and and then by the time it got, you know, we we locked in a deal because we were kind of gambling, you know, going back and forth with a couple of labels for a while. And by the time the record came out, it was June of 2011. So this has actually been a, a work in progress since January of 2009 because at that time I was already tracking, you know, the templates, the ideas, the you know, the, the arrangements and things like that that was going to become the album. So the concept okay, cool. was conceived and the music and the name and the art concept was happening at the same time because Sam is a friend of mine where he's been writing to me and talking to me for like five years and he always always wanted to do something, you know, huge fan of the band. He was like, I, you know, he nice. always wanted to do something for me. And that was, you know, being that he's, his forte is dark art. And, you know, he, he, he's, he's into that kind of scene. He, you know, he was just the right match. And when we conceptualized and went back and forth a little bit, you know, I just kind of gave him free reign. And I only had to tweak like a couple of little things, but he nailed the cover, I sent them the lyrics, or just the rough tracks of the song so we can get into the head mm-hmm. and do artwork for every song. Uh, so it was like a beautiful match made in hell, all of it, you know. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> no, he did, I mean, phenomenal work. And like you said, you pretty much gave him free reign, and I guess he was able to pick up on the concept and the direction that yeah. you wanted to go with the design. Well, by sending him lyrics. Per- right. You know. By sending him lyrics to every song, he delved into what I was talking about and became, you know, and, and just envisioned and felt right. it. And that's I think awesome. that's important. 
to work like that with oh. an artist. I think that's important. Oh, definitely. Definitely. They have to definitely know your concept and, like you said, what you're feeling and what the music's about. So, yeah, no, that's great. That's great. So, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely compliment you for, like you said, kind of taking the reins yourself when you were evidently not happy and frustrated and things we're not going the way that you wanted to in, in the previous band. Now, is that just Life of Agony, or were there other projects that you were involved in at that time? Well, I had, another, I had another project. I had a project in 2008 called uh, mm-hmm. My Mortality. And okay. in that band, I was writing all the music and doing melodies and stuff, but I was playing drums. So in the live aspect and in the performance aspect, I was playing drums, and I was dealing with a, a really flaky singer in the band. That, that oh, like, you kind of like drove me over the edge, also about doing it myself and stop dealing with, you know, just getting these, you know, just about every singer I know is is a nut job, and I'm a nut job right. too. But <laughs> I'm a workaholic, so I'm super reliable exactly. and I'm crazy. I'm crazy on that side of the spectrum where, you know, I, I don't stop, and it never stops over here between the music, the band, responsibilities, the family, the just everything. You know, it's crazy. Sure. <laughs> but I kind of thrive <laughs> in it in a way, so I don't think right. I'd want it any right. other way. So why don't you talk a little bit about how, you know, you eventually ended up uh, meeting up with Matt Brown, um, who, you well, know, like Matt you said, Brown. helped you. Go ahead. Matt Brown, we know each other for about 25 years, and we had a band, oh, wow, okay. me and Matt had a band back in 2002 called Supermassive. And we okay. we had, like, we did this really great EP, and we were shopping, and, and you know, things were kind of going really, you know, like the potential was there, but unfortunately we had a singer in that band that was, um, you know, he was, he was a junkie. So... Mm-hmm. He ended up dying from a heroin overdose. So when that happened, and we were already, like, there was a possibility with A&M at that time, because A&M was still, uh, you know, there was more labels back then in 2002. Um, You know, when he passed away, it was like, well, you know. And then at that same time when he passed away, Life of Agony decided to do a reunion, um, get, you know, start playing together again back in 2003. Right. And so then, you know, me and Matt kind of like didn't have anything for a while. And then I actually had hooked him up when Kenny was uh, needed a guitarist for Seventh Void. I hooked Matt up with Seventh Void and got him a gig with them. And so we've been friends for a very long time, and we always knew we were going to do something amazing together again. Um, And that's what happened. You know, when I played him, when I would play him songs, he was like, this is, this is great. We got to do something with this, and nice. we began making the plans of you know how we were going to attack it and do it, and then we had some guest appearances. You know, we had you know Bobby Hamble came and did three guitar solos. Um, Keith Caputo did some backing vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, so we made it a fun. Uh, we had a fun time doing it. It was a lot of hard work, especially. It was a new approach for me. I wasn't just walking into a studio and sitting down and playing my drums. And then once I was done, I was done. This was the record where I was playing all instruments and then singing and doing vocals. And that 
is a lot of hard work, and I had learned a whole newfound respect for singing and singers on that level when it's time to do actually perform on a recording where it's like, you know, do it again, do it again, do it again. Right, you right. know, you got <laughs> to nail it, you got to nail it. Absolutely. So uh, it was uh, something I wanted to do once in my life uh, as far as a musician, you know, being a musician, just reach that challenge of, wow, you know, um, I'm going to do bass, I'm going to do guitars. I'm going to write wow. a lot of the harmonies, and I'm going to write a lot of the melodies on the guitars, and I'm going to write the vocals, and you know, write the drums. That's and amazing. At, at wow. the same time, co co mix and produce with Matt. Right. So um, I wanted to do that, and you know, something I learned something. Um, I learned something okay. really incredible from that experience, and that is, I don't think I'll ever do a record ever again any other way because I finally got to get exactly out of my head what was going on in my head without having to deal mm -hmm. with misinterpretations of other musicians, misinterpreting the vision and interjecting and saying, well, how about we try this, man? Or how right. about my part? <laughs> you know, for me, yeah. I found, like, bliss in just creating the the, the birth, the blueprint, the final product, and seeing that whole vision, and me and Matt work so well in that way, and we work so well in the studio, we don't even have to talk to each other, we just look at each other and we know what the other guy's thinking, and we have That's that awesome. kind of a level of, um, you know, com communication and friendship. So, he's really excited so I, and stoked and, uh, about doing the next record, he's already bugging me about it, because he can't wait to get back <laughs> in and... Yeah, you know, do that. That's awesome. But I think, I mean, Sal, I think you make you make some really important points that I think a lot of, and I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I know what you're talking about, being in and out of bands, just not finding people that are on the right page, whether it's creatively or personality disorders, you know, crazy individuals, um, people that lack work ethic and drive. I mean, I've been through all that, and that's personally why I, I did kind of a solo thing, too, unfortunately. I don't play anything. I write all the vocals, melodies, et cetera, so I need to find people to back me. But I think the, the thing you really mentioned that really kind of honed in was that you were finally happy. You were finally doing something you wanted to, and you took your time doing it. You know, like you said, I think so many people rush it. You know, they want to get in the studio, you know, try to write that hit single, you know, try to get the record deal. But you found a new way and a new avenue which worked well for you and probably hopefully brought, you know, a whole new perspective to your music and where you're going yeah it made me much more uh just more well-rounded as far as the the art of uh, writing a song what mm -hmm. makes a song work you know um the, you know just really learn a lot more about myself and what i'm capable of doing and, and instill a bit more a little more confidence you know, because mm -hmm. it, it, it is it is pretty, um, you know, as you would know, I, I guess, you know, going up in front of people, opening your mouth on a mic, sure. it's not a, 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 it's an organic instrument, so anything can happen. It could be, it could be right. great, you could have a bad, you could have a bad night and think you suck. Right. Um, or you're off pitch and things like that, or you couldn't hit that note that you got on the record. You know, it, it, there's a lot of head trips that come with it, and me being kind of, um, like I said, uh, I can be as on the outside I may seem one way, but on the inside I'm a little bit more shy. 
right. at times. So, you know, that fear of rejection, uh, that's you know, it just sure. it drives you crazy sometimes. But I got over it. You know, I got over it after a couple of shows. I remember last year this time, February actually, uh, did my first show. A pale listening that did our first show, opening up for Monster Magnet in New Jersey. Nice. And okay. I was I was nervous because I was opening up for a cool band that I liked, and also just you know the fact that it was night one and all the rehearsals that you can do all the rehearsals you want, but until right. you get like <laughs> the practice of doing shows under your belt, it's a whole nother mm-hmm. animal. And um, you know that night, I'll admit I was nervous. I was a little bit you know just it, it took a little bit of a couple of learning experiences that night. And then I did Jer- another Jersey show, and that was, like, really good. But then when I went to Europe and I was doing five shows a night. Wow. Uh, through thick and thin, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that really, that was like boot camp, you know. It was like boot camp for me in a different aspect. Like, I've I've gone on long, I've done touring as a drummer. I know that scenario. Right. I know that deal. That's no problem. I'll walk up there and bang it out. But now going up there with my, you know, along with playing guitar live and an organic instrument and maybe not feeling good some days or, you know, having trouble hearing on stage, it just was like boot camp taught me so much just doing, you know, that run that all I've done is constantly improve and improve and improve. And we just played Syracuse this past Friday Okay. And we had taken a little bit of break of a break. We haven't, we, you know, it's the first show in actually uh, three months. Yeah. Oh wow. And okay. I, yeah, yeah, and because uh, we were in Europe over the summer through August, uh, and then we came back, and then you know Matt Brown had to go work for Lou for a little bit, and you know just things things kind of happen because everyone's adults and they have schedules. But uh, we right. did a, a, a show in Syracuse and we blew it up. And it was awesome, and we did great. And That's I actually awesome. um, impressed my myself, and I was like, "Wow, you know, and learned a lot already." And and just you know, just keep moving up, keep learning, That's never great. stop. Absolutely great. That's awesome. Well, with that being said, let's uh, since we're talking so much about your music, definitely want to check out uh, a couple of your songs tonight. So why don't we check out <clears throat> off of um, your album and Hell Will Follow? What was it? I'm sorry. Hold on a second. My notes here. <laughs> and hell will follow me. Um, let's check yeah. out As Black As My Heart. So tell the audience a little bit about the uh, meaning of that song, and then uh, we'll check it out. Well, you know, that song, uh, along with, you know, a good friend of mine passing away during the record process, I was also going through a divorce. And so this okay. song is a kind of a vague, <laughs> it could be interpreted in a few different ways, but that's where that, inspiration came from for that song was the fact that I was really, really pissed off and angry at a, at somebody, and the best way to get it out was through a song rather than okay. kill, kill her and go to jail. So, um, <laughs> so you don't want to do that. Just, I work you know, with the title, you know, that's how I was feeling at that moment when I was writing. I was just, I was just feeling like, you know, that, you know, I was scorned. I was like, there's nothing as black as my heart right now, the way I feel, you know, and that's what, that's what that song comes from and what it's All right. about. Alright, cool. Well I'm gonna put you on hold and we're gonna check that out and then we will uh come back and let's definitely talk about the band members and uh, all the other great things that you guys have coming up. <laughs> 
All right? Cool. All right, I'll okay. stand by. All right, everyone, again, you are listening to Sal from the hard rock metal band A Pale Horse Named Death, and we are going to check out their song As Black As My Heart. You can also check them out at apalehorsenameddeath.com.
All right, everyone, again, you just heard As Black As My Heart from A Pale Horse Named Death. And, again, definitely check out their album. Go to apalehorsenameddeath.com. And be sure to check them out again this weekend. They'll be playing at Webster Hall this Friday and followed by Saturday, December 10th at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey. So let's bring uh, Sal back on the air. Hey. All right, Sal, you're back. Love that song. That song is just phenomenal. Really good stuff. Thank you. Thanks. Really good stuff. And before we start again, I just want to let you know that someone wanted to say hello to you and the band. Um, Michael... Kara Squilla from Rockin' the Mic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He came yeah. down to the uh, listening party. Yeah, I know, Mike. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, so he went and he commented on one of my posts tonight and said, you know, please tell them I say hello and send my best. So, yep. So we wanted cool. to give a little shout out to uh, him from uh, Rockin' the Mic. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, so great stuff. Um, why don't you, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about just to plug off your, your members in the band and also please uh, tell us about how uh, Eddie Heedles, uh became involved as one of the newest members. Well, um, Eddie Heedles basically uh, replaced Bobby. Uh, when we came back from the last tour, we had already not even been home a, a week. We, there was already talks about the next tour in Europe. And... You know, due to, uh, you know, Bobby has his commitment to Biohazard, and Biohazard has a new record coming out right at the same time that we had to go on tour. And, okay. you know, he really needed to, you know, do what he had to do, you know, with those guys. You know, that you know that's his baby. And basically it was pretty amicable, you know. Um, it was like, you know, it's all good, bro. You know, he, you know, we had a blast. Um, he was in the mm-hmm. live lineup, you know, during the summer and a few shows last year. It worked out, you know, because Biohazard was, you know, on hi- hiatus working on an album. But now that they have to support it and tour, they're going on tour. You know, he's got to do what he's got to do, which is which is fine and it's awesome. And, you know, we, we love him for, you know, his honesty and just, you know, being there for us in the beginning but then cool. you know, at the same time, you know, APHND has to do has to carry on as well. And so, right. Eddie Heedles, I met him back in 2008, and I always was, um, I always had a good feeling about him. I always knew he was a good guy, and a very good guitarist. So, mm-hmm. you know, we we were talking to a couple of people, and he was one of them. And he, you know, when he came down and auditioned, he did. He did really, really good, but not only did he do really good, but he had a great personality that fit with us really well. So, cool. and and we just, you know, moved forward and we started, you know, doing rehearsals and getting things up to speed. That's another reason why we didn't do any, you know, shows for a couple of months is because we were, you know, changing guitarists and getting someone back up to speed and so Eddie did his first show with us in Syracuse, and he did phenomenal, and he did a great job. And you know we love him, and he's a brand new daddy. He just had a baby boy a couple of yeah about, on Halloween. Yeah, on Halloween he had a baby boy. Congratulations to him on that. Yeah, congratulations and, to him and, uh, and Elizabeth. Know, he's, he's, yeah, he's he's thank you. He's really uh, he's really happy. You know, being you know with us, he loves the music, loves the band, and you know the the feelings mutual. So. He's slated. He's got his plane ticket. You know, he's we're, we're doing these two shows, and we uh, we have like another surprise show in the works for um, January, right before we leave for Europe, and then we leave for Europe on January 9th, and we'll be we'll be over there for 33 days. This wow. is going to be a long a long haul, but it's covering pretty much a lot of territory, 
uh, including the UK, which we didn't do on the last tour, and there was a lot of people disappointed. But uh, yeah, two we're doing two shows in Ireland, about five in the UK, um, and then you know Italy, Austria, Switzerland, Denmark, you know Germany, wow. Holland, Belgium, you know just a lot of places, Poland, Czech Republic. So we're doing two, actually two nights in Poland, two shows in two different cities over there. So we're blessed that we're able to, you know, like the record, we we, we do have a little bit more headway over there in Europe. And, okay. And, uh, you know, we had a great reaction on the last tour, and we did also, we had played some festivals, we played in front of a lot of people. So, you know, the word gets out pretty quick that way when you play, you know, these festivals. So, uh, you know, we're, we're honored and, and fortunate to be going back. It's going to be cold, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, Eddie's along with for the ride. And, you know, and we got other things in the works, you know, for, you know, when we get back. You know, what we really need to do is a Canadian and a U.S. tour. But yeah, that would be amazing. Is, the problem is, is our, you know, the type of music we're doing, you know, we just can't be lumped up with just any band, and we wouldn't right. fit. Right. You know, playing with some, you know, thrashy or, you know, emo metal kind of band that is got, you know, it would be a bad mix and we wouldn't fit. So we, you know, right. it's it's a good thing we're different, as my agent says, but it also makes it a little difficult that, you know, to, to put us with other bands that will benefit us, not, not hurt us. That's amazing, Sal, because if I can just, I mean, comment, I mean, you know, the industry has changed so much. I and mean, I didn't even get involved in music until, you know, a handful of years ago plus. So what is your perception? Because, I mean, you guys are definitely the poster child to say that, you know, look, you still can be out there, you can be touring, and you can be doing this as a career. But as you know, mm-hmm. for the majority of people, I mean, yeah, in fact, I'm going to comment on is that with the way the social media sites are now and, you know, a lot of people doing it yourself and putting things out there on their own through iTunes and stuff like that, in your perception and in your eyes, how does someone seek out and potentially get, you know, like you guys have formal management and some, some major backing so that you guys can do this versus kind of, you know, having to do it on your own and try to put your stuff out there just through the social media sites? You know, I think we're we're a little bit, we're lucky because we come from a generation that before all this stuff happened, and you know mm-hmm. we, we we because of our prior successes and and touring That's so much true. in the 90s and and being face to face with so many people in the 90s and being part of albums that were um, you know very popular in the 90s uh, right. a lot of uh, we kind of had a, you know like a lot of fans seek us out because of the, of our history at first you know oh let me check yeah. this out because and i'm not saying it works 100% but i think we we had a, a slight advantage based on you know our age, our experience, mm-hmm. and um, you know what we've been through. And to be honest with you, if it wasn't for my web admin Derek Showerman, uh, this all this okay. crazy social media stuff that you see APH and in, D involved with, right. you know, right. I you know it's because of him because he is so in tune with all that stuff. And I'll right. tell you, it really works. And it does help a lot. It does help a lot. I do consider it, though, somewhat virtual, where, you know, your page can say you have 10,000 fans. Right. But it's kind of like it is it is virtual, and I feel like you really need to win people over by being 
out in their faces live and playing mm-hmm. the show. Yeah. Um, so I think, as far as the I think people that's that are great, trying to get... I'm sorry, I was just going to say, I think that's a great point you made, and I didn't I didn't look at it from that angle. Like, you, yeah, you guys definitely established yourself yeah, a little bit of a, you know, a, a, a jump start. A little bit of yeah, a jump that, start. Yeah, I agree. I think that would make all the difference versus someone just starting out now and the way things are so different and they might not have had that relevant, you know, stuff that you guys had from your past history and your experience, well, et cetera. The yeah. thing is, is there's, no, there's no labels. There's very little, very few record companies and very few record companies that will take a chance. Right. <laughs> you know, that will right. take a chance and spend money. And they don't mm-hmm. spend money like they used to. The industry is dying in certain ways, when you know, to the traditional ways. And um, it's really hard to get signed, really, really right. hard. Right, so what they would be your money. <laughs> Right, from someone like you who is professional, seasoned, been around the block many times, what piece of advice would you give to, you know, unfortunately someone starting out today that's, that's brand new to the scene and even if they're an amazing musician, they don't, you know, like you said, labels are not what they used to be. What uh, piece of advice would you give to someone? Um, Who wants to do this a plan, as a career? Have a, have a plan B. <laughs> have a plan B because it's 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 really difficult. But persistence wow. and you know being very af, you know uh, just aggressive about like you know the mm-hmm. media stuff. Be very aggressive about becoming as good as you can be at what you're doing, um, and get yourself out there playing live because playing live in front of people is what really convinces them and wins them over at the end of the day. Because a lot of times people mm-hmm. see you live, and if they like you, then they seek you out online, and then they join the media sites and and the social networking sites, and then they check out you know more of your music. It's when you win win somebody that doesn't know who you are over in a show or at a gig, um, I think that's still the winning factor to win people over. And if you're out there rocking and playing good music, just keep at it and try right. to break break some doors open. But it, it's pretty much across the board the same deal for anyone that's trying. It's it's really hard. And, yes, connections do help. It, 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 there is some truth to who you know and right. things like that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I know we struggled in the beginning to build whatever we built, and it was such hard work, you know, uh, living in a van and stuff like that and, and eating tuna fish out of a can. So <laughs> right. it, it takes a lot of sacrifice, and it takes uh, a lot of dedication. And you really got to believe in yourself that you're good and you're, 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 you've got what it takes, you know. Right. And, and I'm sure a lot of headaches. And it's a gamble. And it's a right. gamble, and I'm sure. honestly, Carrie. And I'm sure a lot of headaches along the way with maybe people not giving you positive feedback or not being supportive and you having to kind of hold yourself up. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you in general, but I'm just saying people in general needing to, like you said, you know, have a a sense of self and a strong sense of confidence so that when people are saying, you know, you're not that great or you're not going to make it, you need to kind of tune that stuff out and keep trudging forward. So, But I also agree, Sal, that you do need to have a plan B. Um, Yeah, yeah, you you do. Unfortunately... Never know. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. So let's um and then I definitely want to come back and, you know, plug your upcoming shows and also your tour as well as any other things that you guys have in the works. So let's check out the second song that I have, the second single tonight, which is going to be To Die in Your Arms. So tell us a little bit about that song and then we'll take a listen. 
Uh, that song is kind of like a you know a little gothic dark story about uh, you know boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, boyfriend wants to kill himself, but he wants to die in his girlfriend's arms. You know, because he loves her so much. And but you know, nothing would be more blissful than you know committing suicide and, and passing away. You know, you know, with her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a it's a story. Some some songs I write are somewhat you know in a way the, theatrical, you know, visually. Okay. <laughs> That's what I cool. see a visual in my head when I write the lyrics sometimes. And it's like well, that movie. was uh, that one would definitely be an interesting video. So if you ever create a video for that one, you gotta let me know. <laughs> so um, actually okay, working on it. Are you really? Yeah, they they announced today that we're looking to source out crowd. Crowd video sourcing from okay. uh, uh, at the Dingbat show. There's gonna be video cameras there, but we're also taking all like people's like iPhone videos and stuff, and they can send them to uh, a pale horse named Death at Gmail dot com for a submission. Nice, nice. cool, Some, something very like that. cool. Yeah, it's on our page. You can read up on it. It's, so we are trying to do something like, and it's for to, to die in your arms. Very neat. All right, cool. So let's check that out, and then uh, we'll come back, wrap some things up, and uh, just, you know, uh, tell some people about what else is going on, all right? Cool. Okay. All right, everyone, again, you are listening to Sal from A Pale Horse Named Death, and this is the other single we're playing tonight, titled To Die in Your Arms, and please go to A Pale Horse Named Death. Check out their album, purchase it today. It is titled And Hell Will Follow Me. So we will be back in a moment.
All right, everyone, again, you just heard To Die in Your Arms by a Pale Horse Named Death, and check them out at apalehorsenameddeath.com. All right, Sal, and you're back on. Another amazing song. Thanks. Really good work. Thanks. Thank really, you. really good it's fun, stuff. It's fun to play live, too. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'd love to see you guys live. You going to make any way towards New Jersey at any point, like towards like Stone Pony or Central Jersey area? Uh, not at the moment that I know of. I we're in Clifton on Saturday. I don't yeah, know if that's, that. that's north, right? That's north, probably. It's okay. new, yeah, it's pretty north, but I can I'll check it out on the map to kind of see where it's at. I know. I want. I definitely want to see you guys live. So yeah, it's not that one. I'll after definitely... that, that probably won't be another maybe you know Jersey yeah. show until when? Until we're back from Europe, uh, you know, after February fourteenth. Right. Okay. So, right, yeah. So, yeah, if you want to see us, you make the drive. <laughs> I know. I know. I'll try to see what I can do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, why don't you, uh, yeah, tell the audience about what else is in the works for you guys um, outside of the amazing Europe tour that you have coming up, and, uh, yeah, give them some information. Well, you know, we're, 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 we're being slated for um, some really, again, some really big festivals in June in Europe from what I'm hearing. And uh, I know there's like there's been some conversations about some some U.S. tour potentially in the springtime, but you know that's that's up in the air at the moment. And aside from that, constantly working on I'm constantly working on new material for the next record. Uh, okay. We're probably looking to you know ha- maybe have that all done by the end of 2012. So, um, and, and you know, so we're looking at you know we have Europe in January and February. Uh, hopefully, uh, more U.S. states, definitely more you know local tri-state area shows, but hopefully a U.S. tour in the springtime that we fit on right, and then go back to Europe in June. You know, probably begin production on the record. I'm l- hoping to do another tour. You know, maybe in the fall before we you know, disappear for a little while till the record comes out and stuff like that. Okay. So uh, there's, you know, we're moving forward. There is, you know, potentially, uh, you know, there's plans to go put out a second album, you know, labels already asking about it, things like that. So uh, the future is pretty much an open road, you know, and I'm hoping it can only go up from here. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I mean, you guys are just really good, really phenomenal musicians and great material you have out. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what's uh, going to be next for you guys. And um, also, like I always say to my guests, uh, once your next album, or even if you want to come on after you get back from your Europe tour, tell us about what that was like. That might be an interesting interview. Um, sure. Yeah, feel free to definitely get in touch with me. I'd love to bring you guys back on. Awesome, uh, awesome. I appreciate you having us on tonight and uh, plugging away at the shows and stuff and supporting us. Yeah, definitely, cool. definitely. So, yeah, so uh, yeah, why don't you, again, let the audience know uh, where they can uh, purchase your album, where they can check you guys out, and uh, your upcoming shows this weekend. Well, you can get our Digipack CD or vinyl LP on uh, a lot of record stores, Um you know, check out your local record store. But Amazon dot uh, com is a real good place to get it. Uh, I think Best Buy is carrying it. You can get it on iTunes. But the cool thing is, is for the people that get the vinyl, the vinyl has a bonus track song on it that's not on the oh, CD. Oh, cool! And it's, 
and it's not available as a digital download neither. So you can only get this bonus track song by actually buying the vinyl and physically playing it on a record player, uh, which wow. adds a little bit of interest and it, it's almost like a quest, you know, that people get the mm-hmm. vinyl and then all of a sudden, well, I got to buy a record player now. Let me get the record player and you don't know, have to go on this wow. quest to hear this, <laughs> this bonus track. Um, you know, and basically, you know, and all the outlets, you know, you know, I know like Vintage Vinyl in Jersey, you know, I believe carries it, and Newberry Comics, which I think is like more of a New England store, um, and you know, pretty much, uh, you know, and there's a lot of like outlets in Europe also, but the main one here is you know Amazon. I know Walmart, I know Walmart carries us, and cool. actually we're in Walmart in Canada in their stores over there, which is weird. The Canadian people <laughs> tend to like us for some reason, which is cool. Cool, and they're begging us to go do a tour there too, and hopefully soon. Um, so, and you know, and we have you know the Facebook page, you know, a pale horse named Death Facebook page, which is uh, Facebook.com/slash/APHND. You know, same thing with Twitter, APHND mm-hmm. uh, at Twitter. Uh, we have a, a pale horse named Death.com, which is also our own little social uh, media site where you can join as a member and post pictures and talk to other people through forums, and you can blog and and all that stuff, cool stuff on our own site. And nice. those are probably like the best ways to know, you know, what's going on with us current, you know, merch, tour dates, things like that. Cool. And yeah, that, Very that, good. That's, that's it in a nutshell. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sal, for coming on. You guys have some amazing stuff going on. Awesome album. Um, Everyone definitely needs to check it out and purchase a copy of it. And uh, if I don't see you this Saturday, I will definitely be at a a future show. Um, So, as I said, please please contact me again. I support all of my guests and would love to have you back on. Thank you, Carrie. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Sal. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care. All right, everyone, again, you just heard from Sal Abruscato from A Pale Horse Named Death. If you tuned in late to the interview, it will be available as a podcast once it's over. Uh, tomorrow night, be sure to, again, um, just to plug them again, definitely check them out at apalehorsenamedeath.com. And we plug them numerous times throughout the show, so you'll definitely hear all the information when you listen to it. Tomorrow night, we have an awesome guest coming on, too. We have CEO Loretta Palacios. And she is uh, the founder of Freedom to Rock. This is an amazing site that she has. You've got to check it out. It's at freedomtorock.org. And it is a site that has been developed for our troops uh, to support them overseas and everything amazing that they are doing for our country. We're going to get into detail tomorrow night with all the specifics. And it's, it's really an awesome site music, for musicians, too. Uh, the troops are able to listen to, you know, all different types of musicians and music, as well as it's a way for musicians to get their name out there and their material out there. So tomorrow night we're going to be playing two songs from musicians that are part of her site. And one of them is singer-songwriter Chris Hodges. And the other one is actually uh, Sully Erna from Godsmack, who is a huge proponent of Freedom to Rock. So you're going to hear one of his singles tonight as a solo artist. Tomorrow night. Sorry about that. Um, Again, if you want to become a guest on the Carrie Edelman Show, sorry about it. It's getting a little late. I'm getting tired. Um, Please go to Facebook.com and uh, search for the Carrie Edelman Show. You can also email me at CarrieEdelman.com. And I have um, personal 
page on Facebook as well as the musician page. And my website, carrieedelman.com, is finally starting to get up and running too. So you can contact me. Um, there's some information on that too about how to reach me. So again, thank you so much to Sal who came on tonight from A Pale Horse Named Death. want to give a few plugs too. Um, always love uh, Howard Stern, so I'm going to plug uh, SternSuperfans.com, which is run by the one and only Joseph Muski. And next week, if you are a Howard Stern fan, don't forget to uh, tune in. That's going to be December 14th. We are going to have the Howard Stern Superfan Holiday Extravaganza, if that's not a word full, uh, word mouthful. <laughs> so tune into that. It's going to be an awesome show. We're going to have little Mikey on it who writes song parodies and submits them to Howard Stern's show. We are hoping that Marianne from Brooklyn, who is another huge proponent of the Howard Stern show, she's probably going to be joining us as well as many others. So that's going to be an awesome show starting at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Also want to plug two of the magazines I write for, Really Great Magazine as well as Talent Spotlight Magazine, and you can check them out um, by going to talentspotlightmagazine.com and reallygreatmagazine.com. And also have to definitely give a plug to Flirt Energy Drink. It is a female energy drink that is formulated specifically for the female athlete. You can check them out at flirtsport.com. And my song, Vanilla Skies, is currently the song that is used to promote the product. So again, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Check out the podcast if you tuned in late or you missed it. Um, And we will lead off with one of my songs tonight off of my debut album, um, which is under my name, Carrie Edelman. You can find it on iTunes. And tonight's song, we're going to do something different. Let's see. Uh, I usually do Leave It All Behind, which is the title track. But tonight, let's... uh, Let's do Echo, which would fit better with, again, my music's nowhere near as heavy as A Pale Horse Named Death, but at least it fits more with the uh, rock genre. All right, so check this out if you're interested. You can uh, search for me on iTunes as well as Amazon Music and all other major digital distribution sites. Thanks again, and have a great night. Away for it today. 